Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I'm Anthony Totri, joined for this special walk of shame with Ralph Ampson. We're here. We're going to be talking a little bit about Arizona State's 15-7 loss to the number 5 Washington Huskies. My goodness, Ralph. We're obviously going to get into some stars of the game, some miscues, what went wrong, all of the things, but just your initial thoughts to that 15-7 ball game, man. Oh, man, it was painful, <laughs> uh, but in, in a new way, in a new way. Like, uh, you, do you ever get convinced, you know, you should try Pilates, right? <laughs> like, like, oh, that's like a that's like my like a stepmom workout. I'll be fine. And then two days later, there are parts of you that you <laughs> didn't even know existed. You didn't know they existed. And now they hurt so bad that it's the only thing you can think about. And this was one of those games where, and maybe some people felt different where it felt like um, the bottom wasn't going to drop out. Yeah. It felt like it was Arizona state that was just hitting against the rock chipping away. And it was eventually going to break. Didn't see it going the other way. Don't know how I didn't see it. I I don't know how after decades of this, I didn't see it going the other way, but it did uh, literally go the other way for six and uh, here we are literally talking ourselves into it every single week as an Arizona State fan. Right. <laughs> I, like we had Derek in the office. I had Damon here in the office and I was standing up face red like I was in this game just as much as Arizona State was. Like you said, they were in full control of this one until you got to the fourth quarter and it felt it felt different, and I don't know if it's because it actually was different or because it's, you know, seven days have passed and I want to tell myself it's different, but it was, it felt like Arizona State was driving to put it away, and then you brought it up. The Trenton Borgay pick six, Washington goes the other way, they take the 12-7 to seven lead, the two-point conversion doesn't end up mattering, they get a late field goal at the end there, but... Even with seven minutes and change left in that game after the pick six, it was just deflating to the point where every ASU fan knew. Like, that was it, right? That was the dagger with seven minutes to play. Until (laughs) we started inching (laughs) inching our way downfield, and then all of a sudden there's an injury, and oh, it's over. And then Jacob Conover has a positive run, and there's a flag on the field. It's over. And then Trenton Borgay gets back on the field. There's a, a positive initial play. We're back in it. And it's just, it, it just, oh, I got rope a so bad there <laughs> at the end. I figured they, they, they might actually be able to drive down. Um, you figured, you know, uh, people had made enough mistakes. There were enough drop balls that, that maybe people were going to lock in and, and they'd be due. But you forget this game's on the road. It's yeah. in Seattle. It's loud. It's cold. It's hostile. Um, unless you're built for that kind of moment. And, and sometimes you don't find out till you're in it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's really, really tough to succeed. And when the Huskies needed it most, Michael Penix Jr. in that final six minute stretch, he did what he's done all season and he looked like that guy. He looked like the best quarterback in the conference. He looked like a guy that's competing for the Heisman Trophy. He looked like the guy that's trying to to shoulder the weight of this team to the college football playoff. And it was, you know, to ASU's credit, they gave him a fit in that whole number one offense in the nation. They gave him problems, forcing four turnovers. Credit to Brian Ward, who we'll get to here in a little bit, but it just wasn't enough. Michael Penix Jr. and company did what they needed to do to end up getting that extended three points, extending that lead to make it 15 in ASU. You know, the way we've seen this offense kind of move all season long, really, even with Jaden Rashada, even with Drew Pine at times, it just still looks like it's, it's missing something that it's still behind in a way. And I know, I know they're a a banged up team, right? The offensive line is, is just, they've taken a beating, not like anything I've seen before. I guess Kenny Dillingham on the, the post game radio was talking about, they literally didn't have the offensive line personnel to go attempt a field goal at a certain point in this game, which is just unbelievable to think about. But like it, it, this one especially stings because of that defensive performance, because of what Brian Ward was able to do to stifle a group in Michael Penix Jr. and what some of those DBs did, what B.J. Green did, the line, how the linebackers played. Like, Ralph, the defense really did 
play all out tonight. They did. And when we say the defense, like we're specifically talking about one of the leading tacklers being Alfonso Taylor, a former Utah walk-on who transferred in, went to North Canyon High School and probably shouldn't even be out there and is out there going against the Heisman front runner holding him without a a touchdown pass. And this is somebody who I think had three turnovers and was sacked four times on the whole season coming into this game. And Brian Ward, who (laughs) last year in the Apple Cup gave up over 700 yards to this same exact offense, same offense, holds them to what? Less than 10 yards rushing. No touchdowns, no touchdown passes from the Heisman front runner. The worst game he's had in, in, in two years comes against a banged up Arizona state secondary. Uh, The tackling on the outside was phenomenal. The fact that they were completely turned away from even thinking about running the ball in what was a one score game. Unreal. Yeah. Unbelievable. The, the, the linebacking core is down to bare bones. Uh, the defensive line got more pressure than even Oregon did last week. The, the sack numbers don't show it, but Michael Penix was uncomfortable all game long. To lose one of your best pass rushers gets booted yeah. out of the game on a questionable targeting call and to just consistently stay in it, even when tired, even when on the road. And again, over 700 yards, over 50 points last year. Brian Ward coaching Washington State's defense against this same exact offense. This is an all-time come up, all-time effort. Um, Credit goes to the head coach, obviously, too, for the ability to motivate. When you're talking about putting together a defensive game plan, you know, I I see the emotional people. I'm one of them out here calling for for Kenny's head. Understand if you were happy with Brian Ward tonight, that's a hire Kenny made. Yeah. You know, like just – I, I'm out here looking for positives and I, and, and there, there aren't many, but the, the, it was an inspiring performance from the defense, uh, a, a wasted performance in a wasted year. But at the same time, I think it's going to be one that, that, that they build off of that. Yeah. They remember for a long time. They know now what they are capable of and not just them when healthy, but like as a scheme, they, they can take on the best and hold them without a touchdown. They know that about themselves now. Yeah. I, I think the the really big part of this game that hopefully sticks with this unit uh, throughout the rest of the season is I think even going into this game, regardless of the way that the defense had played up to this point, this was a, a roster that was still trying to find some sort of identity, right? Yes, the defense had played well up to this Washington game, but they they weren't able to actually force turnovers. Tonight, they were able to do that. Like you said, they stifled the number one offense with a quarterback who is certainly going to be in that Heisman conversation at the end of the road. This is an Arizona State team. I know they're one and six, but they can hang their hat on. They are a defensive team, which is crazy to think about when we, we talk about Kenny Dillingham is the mastermind behind this whole thing. And all the credit in the world to him is always on the offensive side of the ball. So like you said, it, Brian Ward truly, truly uh, impressed me, and he probably is going to be getting some calls in the offseason, I would imagine, uh, about some potential head coaching jobs. I know we had Dom in the chat earlier asking if we're worried if Brian Ward might take that D.C. spot at SC at a certain point. Um, but it's just it really is remarkable what Brian Ward and this defense did. I do want to get to the numbers of tonight's game obviously the most important number that we have is that final score 15 for Washington 7 for the Devils in terms of total yards ASU accumulating more total yards 341 than Washington 288 you look at the third down conversions of both these teams Washington just 3 of 11 ASU on the other side not much better 5 of 17 and then turnovers by the offense Arizona State, obviously, with that costly pick six. Four for the Huskies, a couple of picks, a couple of fumbles. And this is a real big one, Ralph. ASU dominating the time of possession, 37 minutes in change to Washington's 22-31. What do you make of that? Well, time of possession is not always a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
but usually when you see time of possession numbers like that in a game that you lose, it's because you got boat raced. Yeah. By a team that's scoring on first and second down and didn't need the ball in order to to put together long drives. Arizona State was forcing three and outs. Like the the total yardage for Washington is uh far less than Michael Penix Jr.'s just average passing yards yeah. up to this point like oh my gosh it, it it's the the numbers are in it, the the one that sticks out is five for 17 on third down yeah it's put them in the position in the last four weeks to go for it on fourth down a total of 18 times <sighs> which if if there is no other stat that tells you that this is an exhibition season it's that <laughs> going for it 18 times in four games on fourth down gives fans heart attacks man for sure, for sure. And it, and, and when you're and you know, I know there's going to be a lot of questioning about, you know, the, the field goal of Kenny Dillingham has already said they literally did not have the personnel to run that out there again. Then I think that question, um, that question is answered. I think people yeah. are going to want to know what happened on that pass, but in order to know what happened, you have to relive it. So enjoy, um, you know, I, <laughs> you might want to just wipe that one from memory and, 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 and chalk it up to a miscommunication, but, uh, I don't know what, what a yo-yo because I mean, it, the first quarter ended up being completely indicative of the type of game that we were going to, that we were going to watch uninspired offense, extraordinarily inspired defense, the offense doing enough good things to keep you interested, but not, not to actually put any, uh, any, any points on the board. And, uh, to the four being plus three in turnovers plus 15 minutes in time of possession, uh, in the plus for total yardage. Uh, and the other team did not score an offensive touchdown. That's crazy. All of those That's crazy. It makes me wish I was there, Anthony. Uh, That's crazy. To commiserate with you. And you know what I would do if I was there? Hmm. I would hold you. <laughs> but, but first, someone's going to have to explain to me what the hell holding is. Dude, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. I figured like this is a pretty good indication that that's a hold, right? Like if, if you're tugging, if there's extension on cloth and my shoulder pads are showing, I would say that that is probably holding. But apparently to pack 12 refs, that's beautiful coverage because it was good enough for them to pick up the flag. It's not like we were having this conversation of like, oh, they didn't throw the flag. Nope. They threw the flag. You're telling me not a single ref opted to look just maybe at the little scoreboard and see that? Like, are you kidding me? I was losing my mind in this office. I was literally as red as my shirt is right now going up and down. Just, I, I, I don't even have the words. I, I, I literally don't even have the words to describe what that was. It's just, it's... It's trash, man. It's trash. It makes me happy that the Pac-12 is not a thing next year because those refs aren't going to be employed. That seriously is where I'm at. Oh, for sure. And it's not like it was a uniform trick because you have that going on more and more. People wear the color gloves of the... But Washington's entire team was dressed like Prince does Christmas. (laughs) Like bright purple tinsel chrome Christmas trees out there. When you pull a white jersey and it, it's that Adidas stretch fabric, it was like, it looked like Victor Wembenyama's arm just stretched literally, way out there. Literally. And and a flag gets thrown. I would love to, I would love some sort of explanation. I know there's nobody at home in the Pac-12 offices to be <laughs> able to even answer uh, any of this stuff right now. And I know that, you know, nobody's going to go out of their way to answer any questions for two teams that are, that are, uh, on the way out, but like that, that type of stuff is completely inexcusable. Does it change the outcome of the game? That's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. We're talking about the integrity of the, like something that just kind of takes you out of it, that, that, you know, that it, even if you do give your receiver the opportunity to make a play that it's that, that they might not be rewarded, you know, with, with blatant interference. And it, you know, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about like uh, I, I would hold on every play. I would push on it. Yeah. I would do anything you can uh, to get away with anything you can. But like the idea that that a flag gets thrown and picked back up, I just want some type of explanation for why. 
I, I don't know. I, I think at that point, you got to go get your eyes checked. If, if you're that referee and you see that on replay, which you will, like at a certain point, you got to go get your eyes checked because, buddy, there is something clearly not well. Something is, is just not right whatsoever. Sean in the chat talking about the Pac-12 refs potentially going to the Big 12. Sean, we're not going to put that out there. Okay. Eric also in the chat. Once again, my dad and I were confused because watching that replay, it was pretty clear that that was holding. I actually tweeted out uh, the photo of that specific play, so definitely go check that out on Twitter and let me know what you guys think. We're going to carry on. We're going to go ahead and get to bottle service here in a second, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our brand new partner, Gila River Resorts and Casinos, Arizona's biggest and best resorts and casinos you guys can sign up for gila river resorts and casinos million dollar big red showdown stay in the game and get rewards it really is that easy guys play fun free games online for a chance to win one million dollars cash again win up to a hundred thousand dollars in cash 21 and over only visit gila million dollar showdown.com to get in on the action for more information on Gila River Resorts and Casinos and all they have to offer, head to play at Gila.com. Ralph, I don't know about you, but this specific game, it, it's it's one of those games where I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep after this post-game show. My adrenaline is up. My frustration is up. I do have like a 30-minute drive home, so when I get home, I'm headed straight for my fridge. I'm going to grab myself a wink, which if you don't know what a wink is, is one of those... Little seltzers, probably about yay big, right? Probably the size of like a mini Coca-Cola can, except the difference is it's got about a wink of THC, just enough to take the edge off, just enough to maybe think that that hold on Troy O'Meara wasn't actually a hold. So Pac-12 refs, definitely take the wink after the game. Okay, we see that you guys like to use it around the third and the fourth quarter. But for everybody at home, you guys can use Wink for all four quarters. Again, it's got the perfect THC and CBD balance. It's available in either two and a half milligram or five milligram cans. You can find Wink right here in Arizona. Look for Wink at all Sunday goods dispensaries in the Valley and Botanica dispensary in Tucson. You can also save money online by going to drinkwink.com and use that promo code PHNX for 20%. Off, Ralph, I texted you probably, what, third third quarter. I texted you and we were talking a little bit about who could potentially get bottle service for this game. Usually it goes to a player who had an outstanding evening, but tonight wasn't a player. We had a consensus that it was going to be Brian Ward. Brian Ward getting bottle service tonight. Two scoreless quarters. Mind you, Arizona State, the first team, to hold this Washington offense to two scoreless quarters. I believe going into this game, they had only had that happen to them twice this season where they didn't score in a quarter, which is ridiculous. ASU did it for two quarters, and then obviously the four takeaways for B. Ward. What did you see from Brian Ward tonight? Well, um, one of my one of my best friends uh, it, used to work for Brian Ward. Um and what the way that he would talk about this defensive scheme, which sort of comes from the, it, it all goes back to the North Dakota state teams that have won like nine national championships yeah. in 10 years um, that, you know, Jake Dickert came from, uh, you know, Craig bowl started it. Who's at Wyoming. Now their defense is always crazy. They were tied 10, 10 with Texas going into the fourth quarter earlier this year. The whole thing about this defense is that it's versatile and it's answers based. So, uh, it, it deals with the situation in front of them. Now, if you get exploited in game, uh, if they find you out in game, then it can go real bad, real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as coming up with a game plan based on the the, the data that another team has put together all year, th- this is who you want. You want a, a, a Brian Ward or a Scotty Hazleton or a Jake Dicker or people who came out of that North Dakota state system. Um, and, and, you know, he, he was employing this uh, at, at Syracuse, at Nevada. Uh, it had some success at Washington State, enough to pro, uh, uh, impress Kenny Dillingham. And you get the right personnel and you get the right buy-in. When you come up with a game plan, I mean, you can really execute it to perfection. And they did that here. Yeah. And they, on the road at Washington against the conference's best offense, 
almost knocked off an undefeated team definitely did their part. Um, he deserves all of the praise that can be, uh, that can be heaped on him. And, and honestly, like he, he, he reached out, he reached out to Arizona state. He wanted this job. This is where he wants to be. Yeah. Maybe he'll get calls to, you know, to, to get a raise and go somewhere else. But like he, he has family here, Yeah, you know, and, and, and he showed Kenny Dillingham that this is the job that he wanted to pursue. There's plenty of people that wanted to come here and be the defensive coordinator, but you know, a lot of them are waiting to get that call and not necessarily knocking down the door. Um, and, and when, and, you know, when you have a guy like Kenny Dillingham who wants to be at Arizona State, when you have a guy like Brian Ward who wants to be at Arizona State, they can do some really special things together. Um, and, and the, I, but to be specific, the one thing I saw tonight, just tackling it yeah. just, uh, there was a catch late in the, um, late in the fourth quarter on the sideline. Um, and you could tell the receiver thought they were going to shake Jordan Clark and it just, and, and just the second that Jordan Clark got mitts on him, shoved him out, uh, out of bounds. And, you know, it was just any time anybody got hands on a receiver, that's where the play ended. Not a lot of run after catch. And this is a very, very, very dangerous Washington, uh, group. Jalen McMillan will be a number one on eight of the teams in, in the Pac-12, Roma Dunes is a top five receiver in the country. Yeah. And these guys had pedestrian uh, uh, outings today against Roe Torrance, Jordan Clark, Alfonso Taylor, D Ford, um, and 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 guys like D Ford, what they were playing at the FCS level last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that this defense was able to do that tonight against Washington. It, it the open field tackling was, it's a phenomenal point, right? Jordan Clark, who I think doesn't get enough credit week in and week out for his open field tackling. Another one, Ed Woods, he had a phenomenal game. Obviously, he didn't get to play that first half, but he made himself known in that second half against the Huskies. And really a performance like this for a lot of people that aren't familiar with Brian Ward, Eric in the chat, who's a Washington guy, saying that DC was incredible tonight, right? It goes back to when Kenny hired him, and he was asked point blank, why? Why did you hire Brian Ward? Right, because the Washington State defense last year was good. It was a, a, a top five defense in the conference, but it wasn't a world beater. It wasn't Georgia. It wasn't Bama. It wasn't whatever, right? But mm -hmm. his answer of like, simply, I didn't want to play it. I just didn't want to play it, right? It's difficult. It's annoying. It's if, kind of like you said, if they get you right, then it's going to be a long night just like it was for Michael Penix Jr. tonight. It's all about chaos, and I think that's what you saw. Like, if you watched that line of scrimmage to one of the best offensive lines in the nation in Washington, they were just as stifled as Michael Penix Jr., and now I know it looked like they were sending pressure just about every other play. But seriously, it was a masterclass of a game called by, by Brian Ward. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., completing 64% of his passes, 275 yards, which is far lower than, like you said, what he normally is accustomed to. Zero touchdown passes, the two interceptions. I believe he gets credited with, uh, with a fumble as well. Uh, so three total turnovers for mm -hmm. Michael Penix Jr. As a team, Washington only rushed for 13 yards, averaging literally just a yard per rush. Like, I, I don't know if you could have had a better game. If you were Brian Ward, like you said, not an offensive touchdown. Washington won this game without scoring an offensive touchdown and they have the best offense in the nation. That's like, if you're Brian Ward, do you go to Kenny and you're just like, I don't know what else to do, man. <laughs> like Nobody's done what he just did out there tonight. Same with the, the secondary and those players in, in the front seven forcing pressure and making Michael Penix Jr. Run. I know he wasn't sacked, but just making him uncomfortable was a big part of the game. And it's something I, I wanted to bring up a little earlier from the defensive side of the ball and often offensively as well. Like this, th the game plan was perfect. Like it was offensively. We are going to own the time of possession. And in theory, we're going to march down the field, take six, seven, eight minutes off the clock per possession. And we're going to score. They got in the red zone. Couldn't score. Okay. Offensively. There's your problem. Defensively. We're going to get Michael Penix Jr. moving, whether we bring him down or not. We're going to make this his most chaotic game yet. It's going to be tough. We're going to uh, change things up in the secondary a little bit. And we're going to make sure that it's third and long and they're not able to cut it in half, 
right? They're not able to go from third and 12, third and 14 to fourth and six, fourth and five, because we know that offense is capable of getting five, six yards per play. And that's what they did. They were able to stop them in that third and long situation. So a team in Washington that is accustomed to going for it consistently on fourth down wasn't able to do that. And then you just get to the point where all year long, the big issue for the defense was, okay, can we get turnovers? Boom, did it tonight. From start to finish, this defense was able to get turnovers. So on the outside looking in, the game plan was beautiful. If you're able to punch it in literally one time and not have that pick six, it's clean game. You win. We're, we're, ta- we're having a party. We're talking about how ASU just knocked off the number five team in Washington who is probably going to find themselves, uh, I would guess, fighting for a college football playoff spot in the last week of the season like yeah yeah and if you're not going to beat washington you now are a washington fan as and and let me explain why to arizona you know you might not be in the mood to root for washington right now and i understand (laughs) that but here's the deal you need to root for washington on two fronts number one that they can get inclusion in this lawsuit that Washington State and Oregon State have against the Pac-12 because Washington's trying to get in there and get it thrown out. And then they're trying to get into the college football playoff so that ASU gets a $500,000 check from the NCAA via the Pac-12, which Washington State and Oregon State are no longer able to block if that check comes in. So when in the morning <laughs> when you're able to <laughs> shake this one off, uh, get some purple face paint, <laughs> uh, play some purple rain. Like yeah. it, this is the the better that Washington does from this point on can actually benefit Arizona State's uh, athletic department as we prepare to move um, into the Big 12. And, and, and you know what? Um, the players, they walk out in the field, they dap each other up, they say good game afterward. It was a nice run against Washington and Arizona State owned Washington. Yeah. In the Pac-12 era, they really did. And some of the most fun games, uh, some of the most memorable games, um, and and unfortunately, you know, it ended on this end of it. But overall, you know, this is something Arizona State can leave to the Big 12, hold their, hold their head high, and say that, you know, a team that went to the college football playoff in 2016, a team that might go this year, that every single year they went out, gave them their best, and, and ultimately was on uh, the winning end of most of those. You know, I'm, I'm going to miss this matchup um, in particular. Uh, but uh, as it stands right now, F Washington, F the Huskies. (laughs) Literally dominance in this matchup in the Pac-12 until the final quarter. Until the final quarter of the final game. It's just, it's it's a tough, tough way to cut it. Obviously, Brian Ward getting bottle service, but he is not the only Sun Devil that had a really solid outing. That brings us to Heat Index. The first player that we're going to be talking about on Heat Index tonight is none other than Cam Scadaboo. My goodness, if he's not getting bottle service, he's on this graphic just about every single week, Ralph, because this guy is truly, he's a muscle hamster, right? To take Doug Martin's nickname, he does absolutely everything. He passes, he catches, he throws, he punts. He could coach at this point. Cam Scadaboo, 11 carries, 51 yards, the single touchdown that Arizona State had tonight, averaging 4.6 yards per carry, also added Three receptions for 25 yards. I believe he had a punt or two in there as well. Ralph, Cam Scadaboo has quietly, or I won't even say quietly, but has slowly become a fan favorite in Tempe. And if you just turn on the TV on Saturday when ASU is playing, it is so easy to see why everybody loves this kid. For sure, for sure. I remember after the first game of the season, um, I had tweeted out that he had the uh, balance of a Boston Dynamics robot dog. <laughs> um, and that tweet went unnoticed uh, by everybody except for his mom. <laughs> his mom found it, <laughs> favored it online. And then the next week when he did it again, all of a sudden that tweet starts picking yeah. up traction. And, yeah. and people see it. He doesn't go down on first contact. He um, He's so tough, fights for yards. Um, uh, he he can block. Uh, he stays in the game after yeah. taking lick after lick after lick. I got to be honest, though. I think he looks like a little bit different of a player when you can spell him with DeCarlos Brooks. Yeah. When you're getting production from somebody else, he doesn't look like he's 
Captain America, I can do this all day, you know, covered in dust. Like he, he actually looks like he gets to go out there and execute the offense instead of having to, you know, uh, just move a rock pile uh, two yards, you know, and, and take some of the most brutal hits that we've seen in a long time. Anybody has taken and, and, and just keep getting up and getting back in there. He's special. He's really special. And and I, what I want for him is a functional offense that uh, where teams aren't loading the box just yeah. to see what he can do. Because he's not going to go out there breaking 30-yard runs all the time. Uh, but, you know, these three to six-yard runs he's getting could easily turn five to eight. Oh, that yeah. changes the entire game. Especially when you get later in the game, right? You get that third, fourth quarter. And what we've seen from Scat so far as being that bell cow guy, he doesn't have the the fresh legs that you'd like maybe a running back to have in the third, fourth quarter. It's obviously not preventing him, obviously, from from laying the boom on some of these guys. But what we saw from DeCarlos Brooks tonight, right, adding 60 rush yards on the ground, it makes you think, what could this ASU offense have looked like against Colorado or some of these teams, a cow in the past, specifically a, a game that I know was really important for him being a Cal transfer. Like you, you never know in, in some of those winnable games, how, you know, even five carries for DeCarlos Brooks, it seems like he is just itching to, to touch the football and, and make something magical happen. He's got speed that scat doesn't necessarily have, but those carries definitely, I think go a long way into scats durability in the fourth quarter, right? Well, that yeah, juice. five carries for DeCarlos Brooks is, isn't Cam Scadaboo getting hit five less times. Yeah. He gets hit three times on every play. So the five carries for DeCarlos Brooks is 15 less hits yeah. for the moving fire hydrant that is Cam Scadaboo. <laughs> like, and that is, so it's doubly important because he doesn't go down on first contact. So he's taking multiple rounds of punishment on every single play any time that you can give him a breather to keep him fresh, it's going to be a huge benefit to your offense. Absolutely. Moving to the defensive side of the ball for the next member of Heat Index, none other than safety Shamari Simmons. Uh, Shamari, look, only one tackle tonight, but had an interception that was tipped, had a fumble recovery. He just had a nose for the football. And look, this guy I don't think gets enough credit week in and week out for playing with the injuries that he plays with dude looks like robocop he's got a giant like robotic arm on one of his shoulders and throughout all of the injuries this season i know he's been dealing with stuff um but he has been able to to fight through it and play which i think has been huge for a defense and a secondary that you know the secondary specifically hasn't necessarily played as well as people maybe thought going into this season i know there were some high expectations but Ralph Shamari really, really did have a giant impact on this one tonight. Absolutely. Well, you, you said nose for the ball. He's today's truffle pig, right? <laughs> he, he, and, and ASU sorely, sorely needed this preaching it every single week in practice, you know, the offense just needs another chance. And, and that, that's the tough thing is, so they gave them four more chances and we have seven points to, to, to show for it. Um, Oh man, I love that stat. No touchdowns for Michael Pan- Michael Panix Jr. is going to remember Arizona State for the rest of his life. Wow. He's going to anytime he sees maroon and gold, it, when he gets the NFL, he it, if he sees the Commanders, he's going to buckle. <laughs> oh, he's going to buckle. Like he, he can't handle these colors for sure, but uh, you know, um with Shamari, you know, he came from Austin P. Yeah. And of and of course he's a tough dude. He, he Hutchinson Community College. Any anybody who went to community college in Kansas and played football. If you remember Ryan Terrain, the toughest people in the world. You love football. Of, uh, oh yeah, to hang out in Garden City or in Dodge <laughs> City, Kansas, for two years. You love football more than life because you don't have much of one for that time that you're out there. And he went to Austin P. He balled out. He's making the most of this opportunity. Unfortunately, he's been banged up, um, but you know he showed himself as dependable and. Unfortunately for people like me, who I want to make every excuse in the world for Kenny Dillingham, I look at the personnel and I look at <laughs> I look at the personnel and I say, yeah, they're doing the absolute most. They're mm-hmm. doing the most with what they have. And then you look to the defensive side of the ball and you're like, well, I guess they could do more because <laughs> you have Shamari Simmons out here from Austin P. D. Ford out here, Alfonso Taylor, like 
guys that there are guys playing that didn't think that they'd even have an opportunity to because Will yeah. Schaefer's gone. Connor Soley's gone. Joe Moore's at Missouri. Uh, Omar Norman lots at Tennessee. Like the, the, this defense is so patchwork. It's so hodgepodge and Shamari Simmons, I think is it, right now. He's really the poster boy for the offense, being able to look at themselves and say, what excuse do we have? If they're doing it, we have to also. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. LTC in the chat with the stat that Ralph was mentioning for everybody listening on audio. Michael Penix Jr. career stats against the Devils. 60 for 95, 586 yards, three INTs, one sack, and zero touchdowns. I think this is a big game. This is the 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 real the the clip that Brian Ward turns on for potential transfers in the offseason, right? Of what can this defense be with you? This right here, you hold the number one offense in the nation to 15 points. You hold a Heisman level quarterback to no passing touchdowns, two interceptions in a fumble. This is the the type of game that gets you defensive transfers. It gets you defensive commits. I know it wasn't a win, but again, I know there's people on social media that are maybe uh, they're able to remove this season entirely from their, their emotional capacity. And they're just immediately like, okay, this is what we got for next season. This is what we got for next season. This is what you got for next season, right? Is a defensive outing like this. You're able to string it together week in and week out. I know they've lost previous games against Colorado SC, two offenses in the Pac-12 who, similar to Washington, they find ways to score. And I know that those teams both found ways to put up points against this ASU defense. But if you turn on the tape there, too, you can see that they slowed down Caleb Williams at times. Again, up until that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. they had a chance. They made life a living hell for Shadur Sanders in that Colorado offensive line. Like, this is the game where it's like, okay, they they did it. They strung it together. They've got pressure. Awesome. They're able to get turnovers and, and give Trent Borgay and this offense a few more opportunities. Perfect. Like, this is the Arizona State defense moving forward. And I think if you're going to take anything away from this game, it's got to be on the defensive side of the ball and just how well this unit played. But we are going to go back to the offensive side of the ball for this last heat index. And that is honestly the entire offensive line for Arizona State because this is a group that has been beaten. They've been battered. It seems like every single game... Arizona State is losing one to two offensive linemen. I know they had defensive lineman Sam Benjamin working with the offensive line earlier in the week at practice because they simply don't have enough offensive linemen. But Arizona State, the offensive line, the makeshift offensive line, the beat-up offensive line, didn't allow a single sack today. And then in terms of what they did on the ground, they 145 Total rush yards, the 51 for Scat, 63 for DeCarlos, 22 for Trenton, and change for some other guys. What'd you see from this Arizona State offensive line? Overachieving. Yeah. This is Braylon Trice and and uh Zion Tapulu Fatui. They're they're two of the best pass rushers in the Pac 12. They've been a disappointment. Uh, this year as far as what the expectations were coming off of last year. But they didn't forget how to rush the passer. Yeah. And they absolutely had every plans on feasting on backups. <laughs> absolutely, right? Not just backups, uh, tr- like third string at some positions. Yes. yes. And, uh, you know, y- you remember uh, three years ago, four years ago, Jaden Daniels as a freshman going out to Utah, taking on three future NFL players and, you know, Bradley and I, uh, John Panasini, Leckie Fotu, and Ladarius Henderson was out there at 17 trying to block Bradley and I, and it was, it was horrifying (laughs) to watch. Like, like the, this Washington defensive line and their defensive front seven is no Utah, but they're good. They're very talented players. They've got multiple all pack 12 players on that defense. The thing that I thought was going to be a problem coming in was the length of their defensive backfield. It ended up being an issue all night long. But as far as the offensive line, they created a clean pocket for Trenton Borgay, not only to work from, but to run from. Yeah. Like it wasn't closing in on him to the point where he couldn't get out of it because he is, uh, you know, he, he's got a lot of obvious strengths and a lot of obvious weaknesses. And one of those weaknesses is if he gets hit, he's going down. Yeah. And so for him to have enough of a pocket to be able to break a 17 yard run when you're backed up into your own end zone, 
Like that alone, had they, had that been the only thing they did all game long, they should definitely be getting some recognition. So um, I was very, very impressed uh, at the end. Uh, Isaiah got that holding penalty, which apparently uh, 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 they unpaused what holding was <laughs> for that. Cause you, you, you tugged the collar, which is exactly what happened um, on the, on the previous series, uh, you know, for Arizona state offensively, but, you know, other than that, I thought they played well. I thought they played disciplined football. Um, and and one of the hallmarks of good, consistent coaching is uh, keeping procedural penalties out of the picture. Uh, usually that's not an option when you're playing backups mm-hmm. on the road. Usually it's not an option when you're playing backups. And usually it's not even an option on the road, period. And they, for the most part, played a very disciplined football game. Um and that's just, I mean, they, they do, they deserve all the credit in the world for their performance tonight. Yeah. Credit to that group. I, you bring it up. It's not something that we've talked a whole lot about, but this was a road game that for the majority of the game, Arizona state took the crowd away, right? Going into it, it's 50 degrees, it's cold, it's rainy, mm-hmm. it's wet. Washington just, you know, had a massive win against Oregon the following week. Like nobody really expected Arizona state to make this a ball game. Nobody expected Arizona State to be built to go play in the PNW in the rain against a Heisman level quarterback and the number one uh, offense in the country. But credit to what ASU and Kenny Dillingham have built over you know the last few months of being able to be a team to go out there and do something like that. I, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want what I'm about to say to be taken out of context. But like you look at a team in USC and how they performed in the cold, wet performance against Notre Dame a couple weeks ago when they got their ass kicked, right? Like that's a team, which I think a lot of people saw against Utah tonight, that isn't necessarily built for that environment. It is clear that Kenny Dillingham has a plan. He has an idea. He has a culture and he has a level of toughness that he's trying to get in some of these players. And I think you are slowly starting to see that this is an Arizona State team that is hopefully years down the line going to be built for games like this, and maybe on the other side they come out of it being the 15 and not necessarily the 7. Look, we're going to continue the conversation here in just a little bit. I mentioned I do have a lovely 30-minute drive all the way back to Tempe Chandler after the show, and I'm going to be stopping at our local Circle K, maybe pick up a Gatorade, fill up on gas because you know I need that. Also, I am a member on their new free membership program and you guys should be too. This little lovely thing called Inner Circle where you guys can save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups and you're going to get every sixth free on a selection of Circle K products, whether that be pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks. And if that's not enough, I talk about it every single day, the lovely deals that they have on energy drinks, on Gatorades, on all the awesome stuff. So join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. Now, I know this was a road game, but I'm sure there were a lot of people in the chat that if they weren't going to be in the PNW and they were going to be in the Valley, that hopefully they found their way to chase field to watch the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know it wasn't necessarily the 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 way that everybody here wanted it to go. They're going to head back to Philly and hopefully get it done there. So if you're in Philly or if you're in the Valley, maybe looking forward to the next ASU football game or an ASU hockey game, they just swept their 4-0, I think, for the first time in program history, which is absolutely awesome for them so definitely go check out a game and you're probably sitting at home watching this lovely program scratching your head anthony ralph where can i get my tickets right where can i get them well the the easy answer guys it's game time game time is simply the greatest i talk about it every single day just based off the fact that you can get your tickets now and you could pay for them later you could do little easy payments and the tickets are seriously a whole hell of a lot cheaper on game time snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app and create an account and use code phnx for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem code phnx for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed (sighs) ralph we have this lovely segment called aftertaste i don't know if you've seen it before okay the way i deliver it 
tends to be a little suspect. It tends to be a little graphic. Okay, so tonight, you 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 know, obviously, I'm gonna ask you what this game tastes like, but I, I can't just ask you what this game tastes like. So, Ralph, what was plugged into your tongue holder this evening? Plugged into my tongue holder. Yeah. What a phrase. <laughs> I want it. I want it to be known that the graphic was delayed because there was an audible gag <laughs> from me. I can. I can audible. What was pumped into your gullet is one of my personal favorites. Are you? So you're you're asking my beverage of choice? Yeah, beverage of choice. You know, the, some of these games taste like dirt, not necessarily a drink. You know, just oh, the yeah. Okay, so what? Seattle's what? Coffee City. Yeah, it tends to be. Yeah. Yeah, man, this is that day old grounds. <laughs> this is when you this this is when you run the run the Keurig accidentally on the same uh, on the same grounds a couple days in a row. This is that second Ugh. day cup. That's you nasty. you were you you were craving that coffee. You saw it sitting there. That's all you could think about. It kind of smells the same, and you <laughs> put it to your lips. And no, this isn't gonna do. This isn't gonna do at all. That makes my this tongue is, hurt, yeah. man. Mm. <laughs> that's tough for me this tastes like to, to keep it in seattle this tastes like 15 year old hubba bubba off the gum wall in the seattle. gum wall <laughs> that's what this tastes like it's hard doesn't really have the flavor of hubba bubba anymore it's just like plastic at this point there was probably somebody who you know put it on the wall when they're 15 they're 30 now like they're going through their their second divorce like, and you decided that you're going to put that gum in your mouth for this specific moment. Why? I don't know. Similar to ASU fans, watching this game with hope in the fourth quarter. Why? I don't know. But just like that person that put the 15-year-old hubba bubba in their mouth, you're going to do it and you're going to be like, hmm, I don't know what the outcome's going to be. But you do. You know what the outcome's going to be. It's shit. And that's exactly what it was at the end of this game, man. It's exactly what it was. So damn painful, man. I'm not over it. I know I've been composed, but man, I'm I upset. I'm so pissed off that this is the way that game ended, dude. I just, ugh. God. Just it's a just lot of. It, it feels like I feel like uh, what's that? What's the Pokemon trainer's name? Ash Ketchum. That yeah, is that. I, I never was. Never was a Pokemon guy, but it really feels like in our time in the Pac-12, we have collected them all. There is one. <laughs> there is one. Let's see. I think Ralph's connection may have got him. His connection may have got him on that. So we'll go ahead and go full till we can get Ralph back. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and get to... Uh, the flick of the game here really quickly. Um, or let's see, will we have Ralph back here? Ralph is back. Let's go ahead and bring Ralph back. Ralph, I think your connection may have thrown a pick six on that one. We were just, we, we thought it was going to make it for the home stretch, but you know, in the, the final few minutes, we just couldn't get it done. Look, and now, and now the audio is not working. <laughs> You can't make it up, man. You can't make it up. Let's go ahead and have you join back one more time. Um, now we will go ahead and get to the flick of the game while we work on Ralph here. Let's see. Okay. Do we have him now? No, we don't. We don't have you right this second. So let's go ahead. Fan flick of the game. None other than Derek Montia, I love how I sent Danielle three photos and she opted to go with the one where he had his eyes closed. I know it is totally, totally purposeful. Uh, but the reason that this is the flick of the game is simply because if you watch PHNX Diamondbacks, you know that there is this little thing called the spot, right? where I will stand in the corner and the Arizona Diamondbacks will do really, really solid things. That wasn't necessarily the case because Arizona State took the lead and we had Derek in this seat and he was watching the game from here and 
ASU was up at half. We're like, okay, maybe Derek needs, this is Derek's spot. Derek needs to sit right here for the entirety of the game. Then he moved over to our spot, the spot that I stand in for the Diamondbacks, and it worked up until Trent Borgay threw the pick six at the end there. And with that, we are right back to Ralph. Do we have Ralph now? Let's see. I'm back. I Let's feel go. Like I'm back. Let's go. I'm thinking okay. I'm back. Okay, you were saying we caught them all in the Pac-12 losses galore. Yeah, no, I think I think we have one like mind-numbing, uh, brain-scrambling loss to every single one of these teams <laughs> that involves uh, like terrible circumstances, a little bit of ref uh, uh, tomfoolery. There it is. Um, you know, there's we had the uh, the Braylon Addison stepping out of bounds in uh in what double triple overtime against oregon uh at home to basically like derail an entire season and mike norvell was out the door uh to memphis you know after all that went down we had the fifth down against washington state we also had mike leach catching us stealing signs uh, and when he called it out we lost our ability to figure out what the offense was doing before it was doing it and so you know we, we lost that game as well there's this one against washington there's the stanford going out of bounds at the one inch line i know san diego state doesn't count as a pac-12 team they're more like pac-12 terrorists but we had the <laughs> frank darby uh targeting as a benefit remember that one targeting as a benefit like frank darby got targeted and it won san diego state the game was that like that, that wasn't the rashad penny game was it uh the rashad penny game was a home game this was a road game oh, so goodness. back to back uh years of absolute hell like the 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 game I described of taking a freshman lineman on the road to Salt Lake City against three future NFL uh, defensive linemen. We got one of these against everybody. It really sucks that we had to add one more right before the buzzer. Um, this is gonna this is gonna go down in history as one of the more brutal uh, losses where where not only did we have a chance to win, we we deserved to, we did everything uh, yeah. that it would have ta- taken to get that done. Um, and so, yeah, no, you're right to be, you're, you're right to be mad. And at the same time, I just keep having to remind myself over and over and over again. These are all friendlies. These are all friendlies. This season is for next year. Nothing about this season is for this season. Not one bit of it. It is all a showcase. And right now I'm looking at those Detroit lions. I'm looking at the Detroit lions. Dan Campbell went in there and he said, we're going to get tough. We're going to do things the way that we do them, and eventually it's going to work. I think they won four of their first 25 games, including preseason, and now they're 13-3 and three in their last 16. That first year, they were down in every game. They ran the ball anyway. Yeah. That first year, Jared Goff ran the offense the way that it was supposed to be run anyway. They just set the culture, and they ate every loss, and they stuck by their coaches, and they didn't do knee-jerk changes. And that's what I want for this ASU team. I want them to be learning things about themselves that they can apply and and get better with it. The tough thing about it is going to be do these NIL checks clear so that we can keep the players that have earned that from this community around on this team. And that that that's that's really the biggest question from his award the player that put in the type of effort that we got from this defense tonight so that they'll come back and do it again next year. Yeah, you're absolutely right on those NL, NIL checks. As soon as those can clear, that would be absolutely phenomenal, not only for the guys on the roster now, but hopefully for guys that are on the roster in the future. We're going to get to our final thoughts here. But before we do that, obviously the boys are going to be back in Tempe, probably Say what? How long is that flight from the PNW? Probably three, four a.m. I would say five, maybe if they're lucky. Not huge on my times, but regardless, I know not big on the concept of time. Yeah, just the concept of time. I'm not for. Don't even get me in started on time zones, man. Or daylight savings. Like I don't. We we don't need to discuss any of that stuff. But I feel Sun Devils. Ralph potentially myself. What I want to do on my Sunday. Maybe Sunday morning prior to NFL football, I want to head outside and I want to kick my feet up by the pool and I want to pretend what we just watched didn't happen. And when I'm laying by the pool, I'm not going to have the sun in my eyes because I'm going to have my shady rays on. And so are you guys because you can shop their entire collection 
at their brand new location, Kierlin Commons, a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free. Within 30 days, there is no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back in exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use that code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And after you get kissed by the sun and you head upstairs to your apartment or your house to go ahead and watch some NFL football, you're going to pull out your phone and you're going to place a bet on the BetMGM Sportsbook app just like I do every single Sunday. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com and sign up with code PHNX. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Place a wager in the amount of at least 10 bones and at standard odds price a qualifying bet once you have placed a qualifying bet, you guys are going to receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Everybody on this program knows that I'm a Bolt fan, but I am taking the Chiefs money line tomorrow. I am sorry, Brandon Staley. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You guys are going to receive that $200 that we talked about instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane up. Talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Or Ontario. Ontario. There you go, Danielle. There you go. All right, Ralph, we've obviously touched on this eight-point loss that the Sun Devils uh, are going to be heading back to Tempe with. But final thoughts on this one obviously have to get back quick. You got Washington State next weekend. Yeah, so uh, Brian Ward going up against his old boss. Um, I'm going to be honest. First, I have a question for you. Before anything else, okay. I, I have to ask you this. What is it like in the office when this happens? Because it's been happening to Arizona State quite a bit. I just want to know what that first moment of eye contact with Saul Bookman is like. Does he say, does he talk trash right off the bat? Does he rub it in? Or does he just kind of give you like the. Like, what's it going to be like on Monday? Yeah, yeah. Like, does he come like roaring out the gate or does he just, do you just catch his gaze? And you know, you feel it. It's not going to be so. What's, to be said. What's going to happen is I'm going to walk in the office and I'm going to fist bump everybody like I normally do, and I'm going to head over mm-hmm. to Saul's office to fist bump him, and I'm going to fist bump him, and he's going to look at me, and he's going to tilt his head probably, just be like, "Come on, man." He's going to hit me with the <laughs> "Come on, man" for for sure. He probably won't do too much trash talk, um, but it's just like when I hit Monday, it's already a day removed. I moved on. And he's just gonna come on, man. I'll be like, I know, dude. I like I I got it. Pick six, six minutes left. We couldn't score offensively the entire game, pretty much. Played a pretty perfect game and still found a way to lose. So yeah, that's that's what Monday is gonna be like with Saul. Okay. But yeah. Feel free if you wanna if you wanna hop on down over here, you can experience it for yourself. <laughs> I'm I'm coming in for the territorial cut for sure. I'm I uh I I'm just uh I'm I'm interested in that dynamic. Here's what I'll say about Washington State. Two years ago, Washington State came to Tempe. It was the 25th anniversary celebration of the 1996 Rose Bowl run of the team that beat Nebraska 19 to nothing. That team was being honored at the game. The performance that Arizona State put up in that game got the players booed by the fans. Not a thing that I've ever experienced before in my life, either covering ASU for the years I was doing that as a fan, as a student, even before I was a student going to games. I don't remember anything like that. Uh, I hate it. I absolutely hate that it happened. I talked to several players after that game. They hated it too. There were some seniors where that pretty much, that that was the aftertaste. And it still is. And they have a hard time with everything that's happened with the program, but in particular that. The fans owe ASU one, and ASU owns owes the fans one. Yeah. This is the, this is the opportunity to make up for that 2021 game 
where the the nineteen ninety six team wasn't honored very well with the play on the field, and it definitely wasn't honored by the previous coaching staff not letting them address the team, which is a thing that happened because our old staff was uh, made interesting choices. Um, but, interesting choices is a light way, a light a light description of what they mm-hmm. their decisions. <laughs> so I say all that to say this: the crowds. At Mountain America Stadium, Sunnyvale Stadium, Frank Cush Field. They've been fantastic. Mm-hmm. They've been incredible. Bring it one more time. And I get it. You saw the effort that this team gave against Washington. Even offensively, the effort was there. I see people complaining about play calling. I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure out exactly what's wrong. I know something's wrong. I know that it's probably personnel-based. But, you know, the effort is there. It was yeah. there from Trenton Borgay. It was there from Cam Scadaboo. It was there from the uh, from the offensive line. You already talked about that. The players are going to give it their all in that game. I promise. The fans need to do it as well. Call it a makeup game. Let's end on a high note. That that Washington State game from 2021 really felt like the beginning of the end. But the new beginnings, right? I I I think it's promising. I think Kenny Dillingham's the right person for the job. He came in, he gathered a bunch of players in like a private uh, uh, meeting, and he told them, this is it. I'm not like, I'm not trying to get another job from here. I'm not, I don't plan on being a head coach anywhere else ever. Maybe Mm -hmm. go be a coordinator somewhere if this doesn't work out, but like, this is it. I'm trying to be here for 40 years. Like this isn't, um, this isn't what we're used to. This isn't a mercenary. Right. Like this is somebody who's out here actually trying to get it right. Give him the opportunity. Give him your support. Give him some credit. That That's right. It's uh, what credit is. It's unearned. Right. Yeah. Give him some credit. Give him some grace. Go out there. Make some noise against Washington State because they're a beatable team. They're a beatable team. They're very talented, but they're a beatable team. And we owe them one because Jake Dickert got his first ever win. Probably got that job permanently off what he did to <laughs> us. Uh, so just show up. Be loud. And I think you get you. I think you'll see your first, and maybe, hopefully not last, but I think you'll see your first Pac-12 win of 2023. Yeah, and your first FBS win in a pretty long time as well. Look, this is. I think looking at that game, you brought it up. It, it's going to be. I don't want to call it a revenge game, uh, but it's certainly going to be an emotional game for Brian Ward, AJ Cooper, Trey Brown if he makes it back for that mm-hmm. game. Um, this is. We, we talked a lot in the bye week, and I broke down all the opponents that Arizona State had, Washington State being the one that I said was probably the most winnable of the games remaining. They just had come off that loss to, to UCLA. But after this performance against Washington, I will say that every game feels winnable except Oregon at this point. Again, if you play with the defensive tenacity uh, in the scheme like they did tonight, then I think maybe they they have a shot against Bo Nix and the Ducks. But that's that's the takeaway for me from this one is that I think heading into this game, it felt for a lot of ASU fans like it was going to be a slaughter. And I think they left this game being able to go into the rest of the games this year with maybe a little bit of confidence to be like, you know what? Oh, oh We would have loved a win. A win would have been awesome, Right but they're just not there yet. But you can see the growth. You could see it week over week, and you just got to wait. You just got to give it a, a little bit more time. But to your point, ASU owes the fans one. The fans owe ASU one. This feels like next Saturday could be the one where ASU and Kenny Dillingham, they get their first Pac-12 win of the season. They get their second dub on the year, and who knows? Maybe it inspires life for them to go on a little bit of run, a little bit of a run, down the stretch, that would certainly be uh, a, a really, really awesome way um, for Arizona State to continue the season. We will obviously see what happens before we get out of here. Do us a favor. Do Bobby Hurley a favor. Hit that like button. If you didn't know, Bobby Hurley and the boys, they ended up winning a little bit of a secret scrimmage against San Diego State today. They came out on top 72-68. to 68. Kamari Lands had himself. 18 points. Jemiah Neal apparently looked good. Uh, Frankie Collins also threw in 15 points as well. Reports that Jose Perez and Adam Miller did not play. But 
Bobby Hurley got a secret dub, so you guys can go ahead and show a like for Coach Hurley. Also, show a like for my man Ralph stepping in, uh, doing this post-game show. It's been an absolute blast doing that with Ralph. Um, hopefully, we get you in for that Territorial Cup game. We'll have you on the show. And for any other game, man, you are more than welcome to hop on this program. I appreciate it, Anthony. Hey, I, I, I love being on here. Um, it's an awesome community, awesome people, and uh, it's coming. It's coming. The the shadow proves the sunshine. It's going to feel good. It's going to feel real good when it happens. And, and for anybody that asks why Arizona State's offense doesn't look like Oregon's offense, Bo Nix didn't get touched till week 10 last year. <laughs> the biggest thing that will make this go is if our offensive line has the personnel yeah. to, to, to make it happen. And once that happens, you're going to see this offense do some things that's going to hold your attention, I promise you. Rome wasn't built in a day. But that is going to do it for us tonight. If you enjoyed the program, go ahead, give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow the whole shindig at PHNX underscore sports. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Tocher. You could follow my man Ralph at Ralph Ampson. Danielle, where can everybody follow you? I'll make you spell it again. Oh, boy. It's been such a long day, I know. I'm sorry. Abracadaniel, A-B-R-A-C-A-D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E. I actually made a graphic for this for the next Beautiful. time, so I don't have to spell it out loud. <laughs> uh, and then at Danny Shoot Sports for Instagram, because I am a photographer as well. Everybody, enjoy your NFL Sunday, and we will see you next week. In the meantime, go Devils, and good night.